This is Competition Law with Professor Karon Beaton Wells, exploring the challenges in competition policy, law, and enforcement. This series looks at the impact of those challenges in a digital economy and on society overall, whether you're a citizen, consumer, or competitor. In this episode, Karon speaks with Dr. Catherine Kemp about the ACCC's preliminary report in its inquiry into the impact of digital platforms on media and advertising markets. But the question is, in terms of market power in a market defined in that way, what if the media outlets don't like the terms on which those referrals are being provided? Are there real substitutes to those referral services and in both cases the commission seems to have reached the preliminary conclusion at least that Facebook and Google are must-haves in this market. Here's Karon Beaton-Wells. The Australian Competition and Consumer Watchdog has released a meaty preliminary report after a year of extensive consultation in its inquiry into digital platforms and their impact on competition in the media and advertising sectors. The tone was set in the opening gamut of the chairman in his press conference on the report. So the business model of Google and Facebook has been stunningly successful and you have to admire what they've done and what they've created. They have in both search and social media become the source of much of our information without any monetary payment from consumers. Sounds promising for the platform so far, but wait for it. Now, under competition policy and law, when you get to a certain stage and you get market power, which both Google and Facebook have, with that comes special responsibilities. And that means also additional scrutiny. Hailed as a first of its kind in the world, The report is impressive in its coverage and detail. And it's fair to say the ACCC has not shied away from bold findings and far-reaching recommendations. But aspects of the analysis, and certainly some of the findings, they're going to be hotly contested, not least by the platforms themselves. In what will be a series of episodes on the issues raised in the inquiry, I'm joined by Dr Catherine Kemp, from the University of New South Wales in Sydney. We chew over those parts of the report that focus on advertisers and news organisations, leaving the parts concerned with consumers and the public interest to another day. For those of you who didn't spend your Christmas break immersed in the 378 pages of fine print, Catherine's succinct explanation of the key findings and recommendations, I trust, is going to provide some relief. But first, I wanted to know, was there anything in the report that took her by surprise? Well, I don't think we were surprised about the areas of focus that the Commission took in the report. I think those were fairly clear from its engagement with stakeholders throughout. But I think there was some surprise at the extent to which the ACCC was prepared to propose on a preliminary basis some fairly wide-ranging changes to the law and particularly to the privacy law in Australia. I think that's right. And perhaps one of the other surprises was the extent to which the ACCC has proposed not just measures to engender greater competition, but 
regulation that might affect the whole economy, not just the platform economy. So let's get into it. Let's understand just what's behind some of these recommendations. Of course, the starting point for any inquiry like this by a competition agency is the finding that the firms in question have substantial power in relevant markets. Now, there were findings that Google and Facebook have substantial power in general search and social media, respectively. What was the ACCC's reasoning in support of those findings? In both of those cases, the Commission did start with a relatively high market shares or proportion of the market enjoyed by each of the platforms. So in Google's case, over 90% of the general search market. Um, And in case of Facebook, pointing to the 17 million unique users per month. But it also then went on to focus on barriers to entry and expansion. And there it was looking at brand strength and the advantages of scope from operating in related markets and particularly getting data from those various markets and being able to combine them to the advantage of the platform. Then there was, in Google's case, the arrangements that Google has to make Google the default search engine over a vast majority of browsers in Australia. And then, of course, the Commission went on to point out that what we're looking at here are multi-sided markets, that we have the users on the one hand and then we have content providers and advertisers who are also served in different ways by these platforms and that that importantly gives rise to some direct network effects as well as indirect network effects which can shore up that market power on the part of the platforms. And this was relevant to its market of online search advertising in the case of Google and display advertising in the case of Facebook. But this reliance on network effects, both same-side network effects and cross-network effects, does run counter to arguments that have been made by tech companies, their supporters, and some of the intellectual commentators in this field. Do you see much room for contest on this analysis? Yes, the ACCC does not seem to be taking the line that data is ubiquitous, non-rivalrous, low cost and easy to collect. Instead, it's been emphasising that Google and Facebook have got these advantages of scope in being able to collect user data on a large scale over multiple sites and then use that data to become very attractive to advertisers. And so use that advertising revenue in turn to attract more users to the platform. And so the cycle continues. At the same time, I think if there was going to be a contest on substantial market power, that we could definitely expect that the platform's would argue essentially that data is everywhere and you can get some of your own and that what they really have are superior business models and superior algorithms which are creating the strength of their position in the market rather than it being their collection of user data in particular. And so the argument that they're big because they're good and big of itself is not bad Coming back to general search, it's significant, isn't it, that the ACCC also emphasises the impact of user inertia and the effect of default settings 
something we've seen run also in the European Commission's analysis in its Google cases. But in the Australian context, why are these settings so salient when we're thinking about the browsers and the search engines that we use? The Commission has pointed out that Google pays substantial fees to have Google made the default search engine on Apple's Safari browser and that it makes itself the default search engine on its own Chrome browser as well. Um, And then that together, these browsers account for more than 80% of the browsers in the market in Australia. So if you take that presence from the default settings and combine it with essentially a status quo bias that consumers tend to leave in place the default search engine, as well as imperfect information about the advantages of rival search engines. And for some types of consumers, perhaps those who are not quite so tech savvy, the switching costs and the switching difficulties of shifting to a different search engine. Let's come back to the question of data and network effects as a source of market power. The ACCC really doesn't place a lot of store in the prospects of dynamic competition in this area and new entry as a result of those variables. But it does acknowledge that Facebook has had some challenges of late and there is evidence of stagnation in its user base, in some countries at least. But it nevertheless concludes that the social media giant's power is non-transitory It doesn't see the demise of its predecessors, MySpace and Friendster before it, as evidencing a trend of social media giants being overtaken in the short or even medium run. What do you think about that? Do you think the ACCC is being too short-termist or pessimistic about the prospects of new entry into social media? The report does point out, though, that at its peak, MySpace had considerably fewer active users than we're talking about with the Facebook of today. MySpace, for example, had at its peak 100 million active monthly users, whereas Facebook now, of course, has 2.2 billion active monthly users. If we're looking for a leapfrog, we're looking for a much bigger leapfrog than we were looking for in the case of MySpace. I think in considering whether there are meaningful challenges on the scene or likely, a lot of the social media rivals now tend to be more niche or specialised rather than vying for those billions. So we're thinking LinkedIn and, and Snapchat. Absolutely. And Snapchat, for example seems to be appealing to younger users in particular and those who like to give themselves dog faces, but these don't tend to enjoy the same scale or advantages of scope that Facebook enjoys, particularly in being able to combine data sets for that all-important advertising. So for some of these reasons, it seems that the Commission is definitely not convinced that there are sufficient constraints from dynamic competition at this stage. So we've mentioned general search and social media as well as advertising markets. 
The ACCC does make an interesting finding about an additional market that it regards as relevant in this context, and it's the market for news media referral services. Now, as far as I'm aware, that's not a market that's been defined or postulated in this context before. So can you explain how did the Commission define this market and why does it say these two firms have substantial power in it? The Commission said in its report that over 50% of traffic to news media websites is coming from either Google or Facebook across the board. And this could be a hyperlink from a Google search, or it could be a link from a post on Facebook or Instagram. And then we as consumers follow these links to the Sydney Morning Herald or the Age. And the media outlets then get a clear benefit from these referrals in traffic to their sites, which they might ultimately turn into subscriptions or just people who are able then to pay attention to their advertising. And then the platform gets the benefit of links that attract users to the platform. But the question is, in terms of market power in a market defined in that way, what if the media outlets don't like the terms on which those referrals are being provided? Are there real substitutes to those referral services? And in both cases, the Commission seems to have reached the preliminary conclusion, at least, that Facebook and Google are must-haves in this market. That's right. They can't reasonably be expected to bypass the platforms, either through integration or sponsoring new entry. So the HBC, having talked about high market share and barriers to entry, then goes on to talk about strategic acquisitions on the part of Google and Facebook. In the case of the former, it points particularly to YouTube and DoubleClick, and in the case of Facebook, to the WhatsApp acquisition. Now, this takes us to the first set of recommendations that are made in this report, and they relate to merger review. What are the ACCC's recommendations in this respect? Well, the first preliminary recommendation is to clarify that in assessing a merger, the ACCC can take into account the removal of a potential competitor, not just existing competitors, and also that it can take into account the data that's likely to be acquired as a result of that transaction. And the second preliminary recommendation is essentially that large digital platforms, those with a certain revenue above a certain level in Australia, should voluntarily notify the ACCC in advance of intended mergers. In the case of that first recommendation, the proposal that our law be amended to include additional factors that the Commission can take into account in assessing the effects of a merger, are these not factors that the ACCC would take into account already? I mean, are these really significant changes to our law? No, they're not significant changes to our law. The clarification about being able to take into account the removal of potential competitors and take into account those data effects doesn't amount to a change in the law so much because the Commission can already take into account any factor which affects competition in that assessment. Its main effect might be rather to signal 
that the ACCC intends to focus on these aspects in future assessments of mergers. We don't have a compulsory notification regime for mergers in Australia. So one can understand in that context why there's a proposal that the platforms voluntarily notify any acquisition. But we have had some experience with this before when our two major supermarket chains were asked to provide the commission with notice of any acquisition that they propose to make. Based on that experience, do you think this recommendation is going to make much of a difference in ensuring the market doesn't become even more concentrated? We had that experience five or six years ago where there was concern about the incremental small acquisitions in retail in respect of these large supermarket chains. And from that, there was an attempt by the Commission to negotiate protocols for the voluntary streamlined notification and review of these mergers. The trouble was that only one of the two major supermarket chains signed up to that protocol. The view of the other was that this should apply across the economy and not just to supermarkets if this was a position that the ACCC was going to take. And from my knowledge, the approach later was simply that the supermarket chains took a view on whether this was a notifiable merger and it wasn't a matter of them notifying every single transaction to the commission. So that would tend to suggest that there's limited success with these proposals for voluntary notification. And the ACCC has said in the report, if these voluntary notifications aren't forthcoming, we may need to consider changes to the law itself. So it seems to be saying that it's going to wait and see what happens, but there is a real question about whether it could succeed in getting that change to the law that didn't eventuate five or six years ago. One of the other recommendations the ACCC makes that goes to the issue of market power and market structure goes back to that finding about the default settings and customer inertia relating to choice of browser and search engine, it recommends that consideration be given to requiring suppliers of operating systems and browsers, which means effectively in Australia, Google, to provide consumers with options for selection of these services rather than having default settings Do you think Google's going to push back hard on this? And what might it argue in opposition to those changes? Well, we know Google is paying very large fees to Apple to be the default search on Safari. It's reported to be around 12 billion US in 2019. I think it's safe to assume then that Google is very attached to being the default search engine. And it will no doubt argue that this is actually an efficient practice because it is a superior search engine and it saves time for the ultimate consumers and that it's not in fact distorting competition because the consumers would choose it as the superior search engine in any event. The Commission, on the other hand, is saying if there is a challenger to Google, for example, if there were to be a challenger via mobile devices, 
these default arrangements are likely to impede that rivalry and so this may have a significant effect on competition. Certainly makes sense, but it will be interesting to see how Google responds and also interesting to see whether other jurisdictions are emboldened by this potential step in Australia and go about adopting a similar requirement. Let's move on now and start by talking about advertisers. There's really no doubt that digital advertising has transformed the way in which advertising works, and particularly through the use of data, allowing for new and higher levels of targeted advertising. Now, from my point of view, that all looks like good news for advertisers. So what are the concerns in this sector? Essentially, the concerns here are that Google and Facebook have acquired substantial power in online advertising markets and that online advertisers are paying very substantial fees for this advertising at the same time as they fear or suspect that they may not be getting what they paid for, that they're asking themselves, where was the ad actually displayed? Was it displayed to our target market? Was it viewed or clicked on that many times and so forth and pointing out essentially that there's a lack of transparency in the services provided by Google and Facebook? I think the figures that were given were that for a typical $100 spent by an advertiser on digital advertising, $47 will go to Google and 21 to Facebook. So certainly those are large proportions. A very significant share of the market. That's right. And the other concern, of course, is that these platforms are significant participants in the advertising supply chain. They offer their own integrated advertising services, Google Ads, for example, but also intermediary tools for this automated purchase and sale of display advertising. So each of those concerns, lack of transparency that you've referred to and vertical integration and potential discrimination in the favour of their own interests really loomed large in the advertising chapter. What does the Commission suggest be done on the question of transparency? So another of the preliminary recommendations made by the ACCC was that there should be a regulatory authority, as yet an unnamed regulatory authority, which would monitor and investigate and report on whether the platforms are discriminating in favour of their own business interests in this advertising, which is what some of the advertising customers are fearing. And this would include looking at the ranking and display used by the platforms and whether that ranking might be affected by the fact that a particular advertising customer is also buying other services from the platform as well as the impact of the platform's related businesses on how those results are ranked and displayed. Do we need a whole new and separate body to perform these functions and how effective is it likely to be? The intention here seems to be that beyond the ACCC's obvious powers to investigate where it thinks there might be a breach of the Competition and Consumer Act, that we need that ongoing monitoring. And the essential aim appears to be that if you have that monitoring and that disclosure, 
it might at best provide some comfort to the advertisers as to the fact that these rankings are occurring on a fair basis and not a discriminatory basis. There's a question as to what the Commission proposes to do if it's discovered that they are operating on a discriminatory basis and whether then the remedy needs to be that they direct the platform to stop using that particular algorithm or to make a particular amendment to the way it works, which obviously creates some significant remedial complications. It may be, though, that the main intention is that the disclosure itself, bringing a bit of sunlight to this area, may change incentives for the platform at the same time as increasing trust with the advertising customers. Quite. And in relation to remedies, we've seen the controversy about the way in which the European Commission has effectively ordered Google to stop using or to change the algorithm it uses in surfacing shopping search results. There's definitely a concern about the fact that the platforms do need to be able to know how to comply, and that's a reasonable concern. Let's turn to the impact of the platform's market power on news media businesses. The HCC found these businesses have what it calls a symbiotic relationship with Google and Facebook. They are, in effect, unavoidable business partners. And this ties in with that finding we mentioned before, that the platforms have power in a market for news referral services. In effect, the platforms are the gateways to these news websites. But the platforms don't charge the news publishers any money for providing these referrals or gateway services. So how do they benefit from this relationship? The platforms themselves, I think, do get a benefit from this relationship in that by being able to provide links to news stories and news sites, that makes their platforms more attractive to users. And of course, they can monetize that attractiveness because when they increase the users on the platform, they can gain more revenue from advertisers. And it's clear that consumers want those links on the search engine sites and on the social media sites and that they're quite reliant on platforms to provide them. They've got the research there from the University of Canberra that showed that 38% of those surveyed have a preference for accessing news through social media and that 26% will actually go onto the search engine and search for a news story on a particular subject. So it's clearly a feature that consumers or users of these platforms are looking for. Well, before we talk about the concerns the ACCC has about that dynamic and the relationships between platforms and news businesses, I think there's another really important finding we need to discuss here to understand the full context of the HCC's proposals. And it's the finding that the platforms aren't just acting as conduits for distributors of news. They're actually performing a number of functions in the news business that overlap with the functions of the traditional news organizations. So tell us a bit about how the HCC sees that overlap and why was this finding so significant for its consequential conclusion that 
there are real issues for competition in news markets. The ACCC's preliminary view is that platforms actually fall somewhere between the role of media business in creating content and a pure intermediary. That is, they're quite actively involved in publication and distribution and the broadcast side of things. So like the news media businesses, they do select and curate content and they filter out other content on the basis that it's irrelevant or objectionable. And they also perform that function of ranking content, essentially deciding what gets printed above the fold in traditional media terms. And the Commission said that in some respects, these platforms are starting to create some of their own content, and some of that may be in the form of news or journalistic content, although that's certainly not a significant feature at this point, but it may be a direction that they'll be taking in the future. The problem then, given that there are these overlapping functions, is that virtually no media regulation applies to platforms in Australia, whereas there is very significant regulation of the traditional media businesses themselves. That disparity would give rise to the competitive advantage that the platform does not face the same restrictions on its conduct that the traditional media company would face at the same time as it has far lower compliance costs because it's not complying with that great range of regulation, in some cases quite detailed regulation. So it essentially means it's operating a lot more freely and at a lower cost at the same time that it is in rivalry with those businesses. And the ACCC recommends that there be another review, a separate and independent review of media regulation to correct this regulatory imbalance and possibly with the outcome of developing a unified platform neutral regulatory framework that would apply across news and media organisations and industries. But that issue of regulatory inconsistency is really only one of a litany of concerns that the ACCC sets out about competition in news markets. Let's go back to some of the others. One of the main ones was, again, this question of transparency, just as we saw in the case of advertisers. News media organisations are concerned that they don't know enough about how the platforms rank their content in the way in which it's presented to consumers and the way in which referrals to consumers happen through the platform services. What's the ACCC proposing be done about this? In a similar way to the recommendation concerning the advertising services, the ACCC is making another preliminary recommendation that the same regulatory authority would also monitor and investigate and report on the ranking of news and journalistic content by platforms and the provision of their referral services. And again, the regulatory authority would be considering the ranking of that information and the platforms would be obliged to provide 
information on a regular basis to that authority. The idea then obviously is to increase the transparency of the operation of those algorithms and the business policies. Wouldn't the platforms be really concerned and legitimately concerned about having to share information or more information, given that they say they already do share some, about the way in which their algorithms work? I mean, particularly as these algorithms are really a core part of their business model. And I think the Google search algorithm is notoriously shrouded in secrecy. What would the concerns be specifically about this kind of algorithmic sharing? We know, as you said, that the algorithms are central to the platform's business models. And and particularly in the case of Google, that, that is clearly the way it gained a lot of its superior position within the general search market. And naturally then the platforms are not going to be keen to hand out their secret recipe. But there's also that other concern that there's a danger that the media businesses, if they were provided with information about how these algorithms worked in more detail, that they might attempt to game the algorithms that they could tweak content to get a higher ranking and that if we're concerned about Google tweaking the algorithm to discriminate in favour of its business interests, then we should also be concerned about others attempting to manipulate these algorithms to further their business interests in turn. But wouldn't that actually promote competition between the news businesses if they had the capacity to produce content that is more likely to show up in a search inquiry based on a better understanding of the algorithm? I guess there's certainly the possibility that depending on how the algorithm works, it would in fact mean that they are presenting content which is more attractive to consumers and more relevant to consumers by being able to know how the algorithm works. I think the gaming concern is really that there are ways of working around the algorithm without producing something that is substantively better for the ultimate consumer, but it may be a particular indicator that the algorithm picks up on, which would previously be associated with better substance, but might simply be a matter of form if a media business were gaming the algorithm. Catherine, another concern that the news organisations have is about the use of so-called snippets, that handful of lines that follows a search result to explain what it covers. And the suggestion here is that by virtue of having the benefit of the snippet, consumers are less inclined to actually click through to the source, which in this case would be a direct click through to the news website. Now, the ACCC looked at this issue and its conclusions, you might think, are really one of the few wins for the platforms in this report. What did the ACCC find about the alleged appropriation of value in content through these snippets. Right. So as you said, the idea raised by the submissions here was that these snippets might actually be long enough that the consumers get what they want on the platform itself and they then don't bother to visit the news site. But the ACCC found on a preliminary basis that these snippets are more likely a good thing for everyone. The consumers, on the one hand, get to see on the platform, 
the context of the article and get a sense of the usefulness of the article, whether that's the one that they actually want to click through to. And media companies might get more traffic as a result of consumers having that greater context and insight into what the articles offer. At the same time as the platforms, by having those snippets become more attractive to users by providing that detail. So the ACCC didn't regard that as a concern. Catherine, that's been a wonderful discussion. Let's just wind up with a few questions here about where to next. This is a preliminary report only, but there'll be a process of consultation on its findings and recommendations. Given past experience with these types of inquiries, do you think there's going to be additional recommendations made or do you think the ACCC has effectively covered the field in this first go? It has definitely been a very comprehensive report, one that ate into my Christmas holiday. But we can see that there are those key themes running through it, this focus on transparency and removing barriers and disincentives to rivalry at the same time as the Commission has stopped short of recommending divestiture or even contemplating divestiture or other proposals like treating platforms as a public utility. But I think the Commission has indicated a real willingness to consider proposals and suggestions from stakeholders about how to achieve those key goals. Clearly, there's going to be some who respond by saying the ACCC has gone not far enough and others who will respond by saying it's gone too far. So um, as with everything in this area, there's going to be controversy and division of opinion. But one of the overriding themes in this report is the support for more regulation How about, though, the scope for just more enforcement action under the competition rules? Do you expect we'll see more of that? The ACCC did indicate in the report that it does have some investigations on foot already under the Part 4 of our Competition Act as well as under the Australian Consumer Law. And the unifying theme now through our part four is that there is this requirement to show that there's been a purpose or effect or likely effect of substantially lessening competition in the case of many of the prohibitions there. And you can imagine that this would be no easy task in the context of these platform markets. The ACCC has mentioned in the report that It is having a look at one potential case under Part 4, a possible misuse of market power in respect of access restrictions on a third-party app developer. This might be quite a challenging case to prove if we're talking about a single app developer. It is possible if you have a particularly competitive or innovative single player in a market that is being eliminated that you have a substantial lessening of competition. But these are not easy matters for proof. I think you said the ACCC would need to have its wheat bix for breakfast before trying to prove substantial lessening of competition. Absolutely. (laughs) You would certainly want some ballast before you, you took on this question.
Well, even if just a preliminary analysis, there's no doubt the ACCC's Christmas gifts were more generous for news organizations and advertisers than for Google and Facebook. Then again, the watchdog's proposals may not receive such a warm welcome from those who think that the solutions in this area lie more in competition than in regulation. Next on Competition Law, we're fortunate to have Facebook's Competition and Regulatory Associate General Counsel, Sam Knox, sharing with us the social media giant's views on the ACCC's efforts. Until then, you can find links to the preliminary report and a think piece by Catherine in the show notes and other resources and links at competitionlawlore.com. Competition Law was produced by written and recorded.com and I'm Karan Beaton-Wells. <laughs>